0: Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. In Jesus' name, this your feet. Fall at your feet. Oh. Come on, pray over God's word with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your word which comes to us living... And active, and we thank you, Father, for the work of your Spirit amongst us, Lord God, causing us to see, causing us to hear. Let your Word resonate in our heads and get down into our hearts, that we could have faith, Lord God. And yes, we welcome you here. We thank you for your Spirit leading us and shifting us in your Word, leading us into truth and convicting us to righteousness, Lord God. And we bless you. We thank you that you're always with us and that you are good and that you are faithful. Amen. God bless you today. Grab a seat. Well, it's always an honour to share the Word of God and proclaim the Word of God. And, and uh, God is very, very good. And uh, it's great to be in church today. And uh, yeah, I'm honoured to share the Word with you. I want to look at a passage of Scripture in Romans and in chapter 8. And uh, it's solid, solid chapter Romans 8. Uh, if uh, you're doing any reading this week in the Word, which hopefully you are, I encourage you to read chapter 8. We're not going to look at the whole chapter today or we'd be here for months. But um, it's, it's the chapter where it says there is no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. It talks about living by the Spirit. It talks about the sons of God being revealed. It talks about Abba Father, so we can understand that Father, that the Father God is Daddy, that He is Personal and near, it talks about us being more than conquerors. It talks about us: who can, if God is for us, who can be against us? It is solid reading, and uh, and there's one, there's three verses that I want to look at in Romans chapter eight, in verse 28. And you would have heard this before, maybe you haven't, but uh, I hope that this uh, gets into your head today and gets all the way down into your heart. And I know that out of the heart the mouth speaks. So it's a powerful scripture and one of the keys of the kingdom for you is to know this scripture and to have it for you because there's all kinds of circumstances that are going to come up and circumstances don't dictate faith. The Word of God dictates faith and God is good and this particular scripture is pivotal to me personally. I am often speaking it when I go into a situation Or a circumstance years ago, um, I was probably, if if I remember, it's it's the most frustrating time that I've ever sort of can remember. I remember being angry, frustrated, foggy. I remember my heartbeat being in my head because I was thinking about these circumstances that were around me. And in that moment, I just heard this faint whisper that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who were called according to his purpose. And in that moment, that word started coming out of my mouth. And in that moment, it was about seven years ago, eight years ago, uh, I started to declare this scripture. And I realized, hey, this is all part of the plan. This is all good, even though these circumstances are good. And peace came in that moment, faith came, and I was able to just look over the top of particular circumstances and frustrations, and things actually got worse before they got better. But praise the Lord, they got better. Because it's true. And ever since then, whenever I'm faced, which may be on a weekly, daily, monthly basis, when a trial or something comes up and I'm like, what? I go to this scripture and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. It's a kind of scripture you don't really want to say to someone when they're going through a hard time because you feel like saying, well, flipping old things, all things. I don't want that right now because, oh, this is what happening to me. Don't tell me that scripture. But I'm going to get it to you today. We're going to have it several times. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That's you. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also Glorified. He also glorified. And we can forget about the end there, but that ending, he also glorified, is where we're going in heaven, God's glory. But it's also now. God's glory is now. And what a glorious thing this morning when we're in praise and worship, and Jedediah walks up to the front and he stands here. What a glorious thing to see. Someone who was born without breathing for nearly 20 minutes. Is he two? He's two. He's just started walking. He's almost two. And he walks up the front. Why is it glorious? Because he's a baby. Because God did a miracle. Because God was there. And because we point to God and we say, God, you're good. And it's glorious. And God wants to give you His glory. Jesus prayed for all who were to come after Him. And He said, I have given them, I give them my glory. The glory that you gave to me, I give to them. And all of you are in line for God's glory. We're all set up for a glorious life and to receive God's glory through all things. And it will be the result will be God's glory. God's glory is for you today. God's glory is in your past and God's glory is in your future. The Bible says in Corinthians, we go from glory to glory. We go from glory to glory to glory, from glory to glory to glory, where we look at things and we give God the credit. We receive his goodness. We experience his goodness and we know where we're going. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The message version says this, it says whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. Now Moses would go up the mountain. He was the leader of the people. He was the mediator between the people and God. And he would go up the mountain. And when he would come down from the mountain, he would put a veil over his face because so much of the glory of God was coming out of his face. And they were freaked out by it. They were. So he put a veil over his face so he wouldn't scare the people. Now God was hidden in the mountain covered by a cloud And there was lightning and thunder. The whole ground was shaking. No wonder they were scared. But he would put this veil over his face. And God removes the veil in Christ. We see face to face. We don't look at the glory of God through a veil. We look at the glory of God in Christ and we see the nature of God full of grace and truth, full of love and life We see him face to face. We see the truth about who Jesus is. And as we get to know him, as we know him more, we get more like him. And we become more graceful and we get more truth. We are more free. And it says face to face, they suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. He's not an idol. He's not. He's alive. And when God is personally present, A living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. There's a new covenant and it's in grace. It's not law or rules. We're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. There is more, more glory, more for you, more glory to glory to glory, more in Christ, more of God, more of God, more of God for you, more like Jesus, you are more like Jesus, more like Jesus in you, more grace and lots more grace and more overflowing grace, more grace, more grace to you in you, more truth. More truth and more truth, more freedom inside, more and more and more of God, more of God for you, more glorious, more of you, more in Christ in you. God is glorious. He is awesome. He is awesome. Gloriousness was God's original intent, his original design. And he designed the Garden of Eden and he made it perfect. And he put man in there, this perfect environment, and it was awesome. It was phenomenal. The glorious thing, though, was God was in it. It wasn't about the environment. God was there in it. And then there was face to face in this environment. And unfortunately, through sin, that gloriousness was shattered, taken away. The gloriousness was parted by sin. But now in Christ, that sin is removed. And we are brought back to a place of glory of gloriousness where we see God face to face. And that place is the church of Jesus Christ. It's a perfect environment for you to live and have face to face with God. It's a perfect environment where you can know God and know about God and receive all things from God. It's a perfect environment. It's perfect for you to get connected and live in the church of Jesus Christ. And you see people who have been in church for all their lives, They look youthful, younger. There's no stressed out or cranky. They're full of life. There's something on the inside going on. They're blessed. They've gone through significant stuff, but they're still youthful in their approach to life and in God, and they're connected. Our lives gradually becoming more brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become more like Him. It's a place where we belong, and it's so important to be in the house of God in a place of glory. Let's go back to Romans 8, 28. Ten times this morning, I reckon we'll get into this scripture. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. We met this person named David, David Schaefer, And... David was a pastor, and in his 50s, his wife passed away. And then during the grieving process, he uh, some well-meaning Christian friends gave him some financial advice, but they just didn't have the wisdom to back up their advice. And so he invested some money in, in uh, some shares, and he lost everything. He lost his house. He lost all his money and his wife. And so, you know... That's not all things working for good. That's a pretty poor sort of scenario. God, where are you? How did this happen? Why didn't you tell me these shares were dodgy? But he had nothing. And so he met some people who had also had a similar experience of losing everything, but had worked out that if you focus on God, you'll see what God can do. And so instead of focusing on his loss instead of focusing on what he used to have and what he could have had, he started to focus on God. And they focused on his gifts that God had placed inside him. And he started to operate in those gifts. He got remarried. He wrote a book. He now mentors all these people. He's such an encouragement. I heard him on the radio the other week, or other month. He's just moved forward, but he hasn't remained bitter. And it's glorious. Why is it glorious? Because he can say, God is good. He did that. And now look, look what's happened. So often we can just focus on the wrong thing, on the circumstance. If we think about Abraham, Abraham, Abram, sitting in his tent, God says, come outside and look at the stars, look up at heaven. So shall your offspring be. He promises him a son, but he's like really, really old, old. You don't have children when you're old. But he promises him a son. So he doesn't focus on his circumstance or his situation or what he could have had or what could have been. He focuses on God. Eyes up at the heavens. Listens to the promise. Listens to the word. Focuses on God. Focuses on the word. Sits under the word. Focuses on it. Father of many nations. Comes outside of his tent looks up at the stars. He starts to see little faces coming out of the stars. Daddy, 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 daddy. Puts his hair in a ponytail, kicks his thongs off, rips his jeans, starts walking around, father of many nations, father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. People are looking at him saying, hey, there's Abram. He's calling himself Abraham, father of many nations, because that's what Abraham means. He's kidding himself. He doesn't listen to anything other than what God is telling him. And he gets it on the inside. My God can do anything. My God can do all things. I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. What a glorious promise, because we're all here today because of that promise. We're part of Abraham's seed. In Christ, we have the same inheritance. What a phenomenal thing that thousands of years ago, there was a promise, and you are in line with that promise. You're in that promise. And we can look back at that story and look forward at now at God and go, what? what a glorious thing, part of the seed of Abraham, God's glory, God's amazing ability, God's power when there shouldn't have been around our circumstance. Sometimes we've got to come out from under our circumstance, look up at heaven and declare God's goodness, stand under a promise, get it in your mouth, speak it out, declare it around your life, So that your circumstances don't dictate your faith. So that your faith is dictated by God's promise. And that we live as people of promise. We live under the promises of God. You're part of that promise. Part of that promise. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those. All things. The good things... The bad things, the injustice, the, not, the, the difficulties, the false accusations, the offences, death, trouble. We keep our eyes on God. Paul wrote this letter. This guy was shipwrecked. After he was shipwrecked, they made a fire and a snake came out and bit him. You'd be thinking, how is this all things working together for good? This guy wrote this. I mean, Thanks, Lord, for the snake bite. Just been washed up. I've just been washed up. And I get bit by a snake because I'm trying to make a fire to keep myself warm. Praise the Lord. Honestly. But he just shakes it off. All things. This guy got stoned several times. And it's not the Australian kind of stoned. It's with rocks. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was persecuted. He was put in prison. And he writes, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. He had His eyes fixed on Christ, His eyes fixed. And what a glorious thing, all these letters that He wrote for us today. What a glorious thing for us to have the Bible, to have the Word of God and these things that He's written for us. God works for good, His good in line with His purpose. For those that love God as high as the heavens are above the earth. Sometimes you just got to spend some time outside Ryan looking up at the heavens, honestly, you just go outside, look at the stars, and be like, what, 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 what? They are up there, and they are there to show how awesome God is, and that's the only reason for them. And people can look all they want and try and find other planets and other things, but there's one purpose in the stars and that's to show how awesome God is. Actually, there's several purposes. To show how awesome God is, to show how far He's removed our sins from us and to show how much He loves us. That's the measure. And the measure is in Christ and the reflection of it, if you want a natural sense, the only measure is if you look up at heaven. And it's so good to get outside and look up at heaven and understand that God loves you with that measure. And if you don't know that, you can know that today. You can know that. You can know that God loves you unmeasurably today and we love because he first loved us and we can lay our lives down just like Christ laid his life down and take up our cross and follow him in the act of love as he acted by sending Christ. All right for those that love God who are called according to his purpose called according to his purpose and it says it here in the next verse 29 for those God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and that's God's purpose for you that's the call of God right there that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and that's you that's you brothers and sisters in Christ brothers and sisters so you hear people talk about the call of God and often when I first heard that I thought oh it's a, it's I didn't think it at the time, but I remember thinking it's a title. I'm going to be a pastor or you're going to be a missionary. Or it's not anything to do with that. It's to be like Jesus and then life comes out of that. It's to be filled with his spirit and to know what grace is. Do you know what grace is? To be filled with his spirit and be filled with grace and truth. And it says there that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters in Jewish In the culture, in Jewish culture, the inheritance went to the firstborn. It didn't go to the second. It went to the first male. And it was passed on to the first male. You're all part of the firstborn. You're not second. You're not last. You're not third in line. You're part of the firstborn. The church is the church of the firstborn. And I'll tell you today that you are God's number one. You are God's number one, all of you. You're God's number one. You're part of the firstborn. You're first in his sight. You're first in his love. You're first in Christ. You are number one in his focus. He loves you and he, you are the apple of his eye. He is passionate for you. You're part of the firstborn. You're in line for the inheritance. The firstborn inheritance in Christ is glory. Glory now And glory when you go to heaven. You're in line for that inheritance in Christ. You are so valuable to him. The measure that he has for you is the firstborn inheritance. Full measure, full price in Christ for you. And those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. He has taken your sins away. He has given you right standing between the Father. Justified. Removed sins face to face with God. Those he justified, he also glorified from glory to glory to glory. More God, more God, more God. More grace, more grace, more of God's power working in you to fulfill the purpose of God that he's called you to, to be a part of a living stone, part of the church of Jesus Christ from glory to glory to glory. God works in all things for the good of those who love him And are called according to his purpose. God works. Can I have the the band come up, please? When my mother was 16, she had a son. And mum and dad, out of wedlock, pressure. And during the culture of the time, they put pressure on my mum to adopt out this baby. So she adopted out this baby when she was 16. And when she was 16 and the baby was born and she adopted him out, she prayed this prayer and she held on to this scripture. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, nearly 30 years later, at every Christmas Eve, because the baby was born on Christmas Eve, she would go by herself. And I never knew this. I didn't know this. Not until recently. She would go by herself. She always spent Christmas Eve by herself and she lit a candle. And this was her scripture. I know we know that in all things with the hope that she would see this baby again one day. So when I was 25 25 years old, which is nearly 15 years ago, actually 16 years ago, (laughs) still nearly 15. Just the wrong side of 15. So we get a phone call and this guy is coming to meet us. This baby that was sent out with a prayer and a promise. And he calls and he comes to meet us and we meet him. And yesterday we're having a 40th birthday party for my brother-in-law. And it was glorious. It was glorious. There's eight grandchild daughters and two males. There's 10 of them. It's a funny way to put it. For my mother. Grandchild, daughters, granddaughters, granddaughters, you know, you heard it here. It's a new word, new way of looking at it, new perspective. And they're all running around, a bit like the front of kids' church. Actually, a lot louder and they're bigger, uh, some of them, anyway. And they're all doing gymnastics and they're playing games and the boys, they're just eating as much chips and drinking as much soft drink and then they're getting feral, they're just throwing water and they're chasing a the chicken and they're grabbing it and, and then they've got to be in time out because they're getting too rowdy. But our family was together. Our family was together and my brother was there, as he has been for the last 15 years, with his wife and we've seen his kids grow up and, uh, and Isabella's... Oh, she's... I don't remember how old she is. She's 12? she's six yeah no she's about 12 anyway. <laughs> anyway she's this tall now but it was glorious why was it glorious well we were together there was a promise and a prayer and there was the redemptive work of christ from someone who wasn't part of the family who was born part of the family but is now back in the family And it was glorious because of the work of God. It was glorious because we were together and we were family together. But it was glorious because God stretched out His hand. And right when my mum was 16, he looked into the future and he saw glory. He saw together. He knew. And His hand guided and led the whole time. Through all those years when my mother lit a candle and prayed a prayer and had a scripture. And had faith. Held on to something. Not knowing But now he's there and his family is there. God's glory. And we can say God is good. We can say God is good. Despite any hardships you go through, despite whatever happens, God is good. God is good. He is glorious. He is glorious. Why don't we stand and pray?